This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Thursday, Mr. Metcalf. My favorite day to record with you, kind sir. We got Friday tomorrow. It's getting weird, Metcalf. We got the draft right around the corner. I'm getting pumped up. How are we doing? It's shocking how quickly the draft is coming up, and I'm not ready for it, and I am, but it's just time flies when you're having fun. but we got a holiday weekend. Very excited for it. Just getting out of the city for a little bit with some friends. Going to have a, a, a couple of adult beverages and uh, enjoy the weather. But it is Thursday, so we are here to make everyone's favorite more lists. And today we're doing our top 10 point guards. And similar to the top 10 Boomer Bus prospects that we did earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we're just going to build a list of our top 10 point guards by alternating picks, kind of like a mock draft style. But the big question remains is, who are we qualifying as a point guard? So since since we're a pod for the people, uh, I wanted to hash this out on air so people can kind of get a, a behind-the-scenes view to our decision-making and how, how we debate things. And I, I think the Big question marks are Dyson Daniels um, and Jaden Ivey. There are probably a couple others, maybe Johnny Davis. I think he's pretty solidified as a shooting guard. But I think Ivey and Daniels are the two big ones. What are your thoughts on including them as point guards? So for everyone listening, I literally brought this up off air to Metcalf. I was like, so are are we doing ivy and daniels as point guards and he was like no we're not talking about it right now we're gonna figure it out on air like i want to hash this out on air so this is gonna be this could get ugly we could get off the rails and get arguments really rolling right now i'm i i will go with whatever direction you want to go i would probably no well i would probably say we should consider both of them point guards um the problem is is i consider them both combo guards but it's like are they going to be playing point at the next level at sometimes? Yes, of course. Are they going to be guys that run the offense? Absolutely. But all of a, it's going to depend on where they go because Ivy could get drafted by a team that says you're going to be a primary off the ball guard. And then he could get drafted by a different team. That's like, we want to make you a point guard. It's all going to depend on what they try to do. Daniel's same thing. Like he might go get drafted somewhere where maybe he got drafted like we were talking last week by Houston and they're like, Hey, you and Jalen green are going to share the backcourt. That means he, he might not be always considered a point guard, but he might rotate and they might share duties. So do you want to say yes, Metcalf to make this a little bit more spicy for this episode? Or do you want to, do you want to be that guy that's going to battle (laughs) 
Ebenezer Scrooge of no, the draft yeah, world. I, I, I want to I fight you a little bit. I, I okay. have, have a little dissent here. because So I, I, I've always been told that position positions usually get defined by who you defend. Um, I'm not sure I really see either of these guys primarily defending the opposing point guard. So that makes this a little tricky. Um, yeah. If we want to go the route of what position did they play most coming into the draft, then I think that includes Dyson and excludes Ivy. But then if we want to take the view of long-term, what do we want them to potentially be, or what do we think they could be? then maybe that includes both. So I am not helping you at all here. No, I'm just no, no. making this not more complicated. Yes. Um, so w- w- which one of those are you leaning towards? Just because of the listeners, I'm leaning towards we say that they're point guards. But okay. the problem is we're going to do a shooting guards episode, and then I'm going to be like, why aren't we considering Dyson Daniels <laughs> Or Jaden Ivy this list. But like it, it's well, funny, it, it's exactly what you're talking about. I'm going through Tankathon, I'm looking at all these teams, and I'm like, if they draft Jaden Ivy, are they considering him a point guard? Like OKC. Probably not. They got Shea, they got Giddy, they got all this stuff. I don't think they're drafting him as like, oh, he's gonna be a point guard. Orlando, I don't know. They draft nine hundred point guards, so I doubt they're gonna take him first. But um Detroit with Cade, they're probably not gonna say Ivy's a point guard. So Professor <laughs> Professor Metcalf, please make the ruling. The court is waiting for your call. Call. How about this? So, the entire draft when we for this episode and for future ones, the entire draft pool is eligible. Okay. So, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could draft Mark Williams as your third best point guard. I you, you'll get lambasted for it, but so then in this case, Jaden Ivy could be included in this, but then he can also be included in the shooting guard episode. And okay. those can vary. Those positions can be significantly different. Maybe they won't be, but maybe they could be depending on how we view them in that specific role. So okay. I, I, I say we open it up to everyone and we'll base it on how we view them in this class at that specific position. I think that's fair. I'm not going to get crazy for everyone listening that like we're going to be doing this for the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to get ridiculous and at one point be like Chet Holmgren's the fifth best point guard. I'm not going to do that. No, because like, I'll just kick you out. And, and exactly, because I will literally put a f- my foot through the computer <laughs> screen and end the episode early. So, no, we're not doing that. We're going to get a little realistic, but we're going to have some fun. So there you go. There's the ruling. Perfect. Court is adjourned. L- love it. So with the first pick, we're going to go back and forth. Um, I'm going to make you go first since I, ma- I made the tough decision I, on who's I, eligible. Gosh. So, oh no, boo-hoo. Uh, so, first pick, you're the top point guard in the 2022 NBA draft is. Oh, wait, are we going 1 to 10 or 10 to 1? I, I think we got to go 1 to 10. Okay, 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 okay. My top point guard. I, I, I have to do it. I'm going to go Jaden Ivey. I, I really think the guy with the ball in his hands is absolute electric. The thing is, is I, I, I could see Ivy transitioning more to an off ball guy. I still think like people are in, including ourselves. We've said this all year. Like he's going to need the ball in his hands. Absolutely. I agree. I think Ivy has potential to have some good upside off the ball that probably some people are sleeping on or overreacting about. I still think he could play off it. He can run off screens. He could get downhill off of curls. Um, I think the outside shots developing so he can do that. But when you're talking about a floor general, 
you could give Ivy the ball in transition. He has horrifying transition ability, like breakaway speed, the shiftiness, the like, like guys just, you, when you watch guys like that, that can move so effortlessly, like through traffic, that's rare. That is something that you just don't see every single draft class. Like when you'd see it, it pops me and you've been on the Johnny Davis train. I'm not trying to get off topic, but you know, we have to mention him every episode. Um, but like Johnny, how he weaves through traffic is special. It stands out the way Ivy gets up and down and, and how he can attack the lane and navigate himself quickly with just little hesitations and movement is special. And, and I really do think he has the ability to become a very dangerous threat with the ball in his hands. So um, I know it's probably tip, you know, tipping our toes in both categories when it comes to positions, but I think Ivy could be the best point guard. That is, I, I, I found that really fascinating because I view him in a very different light right now. Um, how it's how okay. you, you mentioned, could be wrong. but I'm not, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> the The fact that you mentioned that you think he could transition into being a better off ball player, that's fascinating because right now I like him way more as an off ball guy. Um, I think the way he sprints around screens is terrifying. Yes, and yes, the way yes. He uses that to, and I, I think that's where his shooting is at its best um i'm not trying to discredit how absurd he is at getting downhill or anything like that um the transition stuff obviously you know you get the rebound you get it in his hands as soon as you freaking can because he's right a nightmare it's from the playmaking standpoint that i i think he has so far to go um i mean some of his driving kicks are really really impressive but he misses a lot of just like the simple reads and the ability to pass a guy open. Um, it's a lot of pre-planned reads of, okay, when the defender slides over to try and take a charge, you're going to leap eight feet to the side and then whip this wild one hand pass to Stevanovic, who's standing in the corner waiting to knock down an open three. Um, so and right now, I I wouldn't be shocked if in the long run he turns into a really good point guard, but I think it's going to be a lot of brutal years developing towards that. And I think you'd be best off playing as more of that secondary guy who can be that second side creator um, who can, you know, just worry about scoring and transition and running off screens. Um, I, I actually really liked his movement shooting a lot this year too. Um, so then that that's why I love him in Detroit because he can, be that off ball guy next to Cade. And then with the second unit, then that's where you get him those point guard reps. Um, I think if you try and just throw him into the deep end as the primary point guard right away, it's going to be an uphill slog for a while. Um, but maybe we get there and, you know, we, we, we've used the Zach Levine and Devin Booker comp for situationally um, a lot with him in terms of that, where, you know, it may be rough, but these early, um, on ball reps as point guard will help him in the long run, even though, even if that's not his specific position. So I get where you're coming from. And I acknowledge that I'm a little lower on his point guard potential than most. Um, but wow. Okay. Jaden Ivy, number one. Well, the thing is Metcalf and, and I'm not trying to just like backpedal here, but this is a tough point guard class. Yeah. Like it, we, it's, we, 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 it's, it's really brutal. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to be a buzzkill for everyone listening, but like, 
we've been saying it all year. Like this yeah. is a brutal point guard pl- class because it's just there's nothing like obvious star like there's my franchise floor general that I've been looking for. Like any team in the top ten is going to look at this point guard class and be like, oh, I don't know, like. <laughs> Cause that's why like guys like Ivy and Dyson Daniels are, are buzzing because it's, it's like, maybe they can be like, Ivy has been puzzling me the whole time because I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, even though I said like, he could be the top point guard. I'm in the same boat. I would like him to play off the ball. Cause he is, some people have been downplaying his off the ball ability. I'm like, he's really scary off the ball. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of, Oh, well he has to have the ball. I'm like, I, no, he doesn't. Like, no, no, yeah. the, the, the way he sprints off screens is incredible. And right. he's just gotten really good at adjusting his routes off those screens too, to either fully lift up to the wing or settle to the corner. And then I, I like his off ball shooting a good amount. It's the on ball stuff that worries me a little bit, but that's a long-term issue and improvement. I, you know, I, I expect, but I, I, I haven't understood that argument really of, oh, he has to have the ball so he doesn't fit next to Cade. I'm like, I really like him without the ball. Right. And, and me and you have said that, like, we believe – we've said on previous episodes, like, he he's going to need the ball eventually. And it's not being like, yeah. oh, he can't play off the ball. We're just saying he might become so dangerous that he needs as many touches. He needs the right. ball in his hands. And the playmaking part you're talking about, I agree with. I think he could – it could get way better in a hurry with the additional spacing and talent sure. at the next level for sure. Like I love Ivy. I, I, yes. I think the world of him. I, I, it's just one of these, it's a weird point guard class. And that's why I'm like, he might be up there, but enough, enough. <laughs> I, I, I rambled enough. Okay. Who you got? Who's your second, right, second well, pick to, to further compound on the weirdness of this point guard class. I'm going to take a six, eight point guard in yes. Dyson Daniels as yes. number two guy. Uh, he, he, he would have been my first pick. Um, I think his defensive versatility is absurd. I really like him being the primary point of attack defender. Um, cause I think that just kind of makes switching in the pick and roll even easier and just bringing the ball up the court and seeing that six, eight and that length and that footwork and the movement and the instincts is just something I wouldn't want to deal with. Um, and then I, I just think he's a really good passer and a really good straight line driver who, you know, I, I would, I really hope he lands in a spot that already has kind of an established like wing scorer who can kind of create their own shot and he can do some more spot up stuff. Cause I think the pull up jumpers a long way off. Um, but the, the ability to manage a game and, you know, move the ball and make the right reads and take care of the ball. I am really impressed with. Yeah, I absolutely love him. Um, I know he's 6'8". I know everyone's going to fascinate by that and be like, well, he should be a combo guard because he's 6'8". But, like, Dyson plays the way, like, a point – like, he plays the game like a point guard. Like, he plays the game like a seasoned floor general that's really patient and understands how to put people in the right place to succeed. And um, he would have been my number one pick. Like, I – it's one of those two, I think. I really do believe it, especially with kind of the doubts of the rest of this class. Like, we're not kidding. This is going to get an ugly draft. It's like, we did it. Metcalf was like, let's do a top 10. And I was like, oh my gosh, right? Like, when we get to 10, we might be like screaming for help. <laughs> but um, I love Dyson Daniels. I, I completely understand all of the buzz that he's been getting. Um, one of those guys with the G League Ignite this year, every time I watched the Ignite, every time I dived into the film, I came impressed with him. I was like, man, yeah. this dude can play. And it's not just offensive. He's, he's a pest defensively. He's probably, 
besides Johnny, because, you know, we love Johnny. Um, he's probably one of the best wing defenders when it comes to this class. So absolutely love Johnny. That's a good pick. Um, I already like your team better than mine. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, n- number three overall, who are you going with? Gosh, this is where I mean I'm already getting yeah, that point. We're, we're on the third pick, and you know we we're on the third pick. It's already getting tough, and we've arguably not even taken a single point guard yet. <laughs> I'm going to get a little aggressive. Um, I'm going to take Kennedy Chandler. Yeah, yeah. I I I, uh, I understand everyone's doubts. You know, for those listening, like everyone's a little nervous because Kennedy Chandler is like at Tennessee. He's a freshman. But he's six foot. Everyone's a little nervous, but he just measured with the six five wingspan. But I understand that, you know, we're the NBA's transitioning to a modern era where the point guards are all big. We're getting the Cade Cunninghams. We're getting all these guys with size, like Lucas, even, you know, you could throw him as the quote point guard category. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's just a weapon, but he's weapon X. But like I still think Kennedy Chandler is a good enough basketball player that I don't know if he's going to be a franchise point guard. I don't know if he's going to have star power. I think he's just going to stick in the NBA. He's either going to be a great asset in the rotation. He's going to be a really nice piece for a playoff team. Um, He's tough as nails. He can shoot. He's lethal in transition when it comes to like changing gears and then stopping on a dime. He does a great job. I just think he checks a lot of boxes and He's also a pest defensively. So I'm probably a little alone on that island. I just, I really do. Every time I watch Kenny Chandler, I'm like, this kid, I'm a, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong because I love watching him. Yeah. So I, I, I have Kennedy, I think just outside my first round. Uh, yeah. Like 31. Um, but like that, like I've said all, all season, that 25 to 35 ranking is super fluid. Right. Um, what impressed me the most about him this year was about halfway through how he kind of transitioned more into an off ball role where he would bring the ball up, but then they'd run some dribble handoff or something. And then he would go sprint off screens and then use that to generate momentum, um, curling off pin downs to get to the rim or use that, you know, to kind of get in a rhythm with a spot up shooting. So the, the fact that he kind of used, his off ball movement and his quickness and his shooting to what felt like a more efficient and more effective extent as an off ball player, I thought was really interesting and kind of a testament to who he is as a player and how he's just a dog and is out there to win. And if his coach is like, Hey, we need you to kind of adapt your role a little bit. He's like, okay, cool. I'll go do that. And then I'm going to go chase this dude through a million screens. I love his screen navigation. Um, incredible. He might have the best defensive hands in this class too, um, in terms of like a point of attack defender. Um, so I, I, I definitely get it. Uh, I think he probably would have been my next pick if you would have gone a different direction. Um, and for that pick at number four overall, I'm going to go with a conference rival of his, Ty Ty Washington, who I know you've cooled on some recently. It's it's tough because it felt like Ty Ty was hurt for like the last two months of the season, and he didn't have a big man who could call out a screen 
to save his life. Um, but I, I, I think he's going to be a really good shooter. I wrote about his pick and roll creation over at NoSealingsNBA.com. Go check it out. It's free. Um, earlier this year, and I really like that. It's it's not nothing super flashy, but it's controlled. It's consistent. It's measured. He he can kind of manipulate that, that drop defender and that second level defender with just subtle eye movements and then just really comfortable with the live dribble pocket passes. Um, so it feels like his stock is cooling a lot, but you know, he's one of two probably more traditional point guards that I'd be okay with in the first round. Yeah. I, I still think he could go pretty early. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all. It's just one of those, it's not that I'm rooting against Ty Ty. We're not rooting against anyone. It's just kind of I watch him and, and I don't see – I don't know if he's the – it's like I've said with this whole class. I don't know if there's a guy that's like, okay, you're you're handing the keys to him and he's your franchise point guard. Like he's your floor general moving forward. Right. Um, there's probably some long-term guys maybe that have that upside um, that we're probably going to talk about later that like if they click and everything hits, they have that upside to be that weapon. But Ty Ty's just, you know, he's going to be one of those just, just smart players. Like um, I'm not saying he's this type of player. I'm just saying like, kind of like the Derek white where he might just be a really nice piece, knows how to play the game, knows how to get his shots, knows how to play some, some good defense. Um, I'm still intrigued with him. I think the later in the draft he goes, the more I'm like, he really could be a nice weapon. Like if he, if he can't, if he fell to the late teens or the twenties and some team was like, Hey, we got a plan with Ty Ty. Like, I I think that really could be a nice fit um, in that age range. But if he goes like top 10, like Nick fans, I know are probably like praying (laughs) every night, like, no, not 11, please. No Kentucky year. So I mean, I get it, but I still like Ty Ty's game. I just think, and I've been wrong before on Kentucky point guards. Maybe I'm wrong Mm -hmm. again. I just don't see like the superstar or the star upside. I see just a really good point guard. He's going to be solid. Maybe nothing crazy, nothing sexy, but he's going to be a good player. So Ty Ty is one of these guys. I want to stand him for just a few more minutes because he's one of these guys we haven't really talked about um, for this whole cycle. And, I don't know. Maybe it's just my timeline, but he's been one of the the prospects that I've seen almost nothing about coming through the combine through, for the whole pre-draft process. You know, guys are having their pro days and agency workouts and all of that. And I've seen almost nothing from Ty Ty. Do you think they're trying to hide something? Is he rehabbing um, just kind of going day by day? Um, where are you at with, just kind of how odd this has been for a, a Kentucky prospect B someone who was previously, you know, top 10 midway through the season for a lot of people. And then when you say that you don't necessarily see superstar upside, I, I, I agree with you there, but what specifically kind of points you in that direction? It's been weird with him. It's been quiet. I feel like he measured and we haven't heard a word. Um, So I don't know. This is usually when it's like, okay, you start asking around when you're like, well, Ty Ty hasn't been a name that we've heard much of. What's going on? Like is 
did the agent get good feedback and they feel pretty good about the range? Do, is he just kind of being like, Hey, we're, we're waiting for private workouts. You never know. Um, maybe he went interviewed. No one said a word about how he did. He's just kind of been like slipping through the cracks. It'll be interesting to start di- like digging around and being talking to people around the league and be like, okay, let's what's up with Ty Ty? Like what's the buzz mm-hmm. um, to answer your question? You know, it's just, he, the, the thing I do really like about Ty Ty is he plays under control. He plays with poise. He, he really knows like where his bread and butter is when it comes to like getting his shots. Like he's great at that pull up elbow shot or get into the corner spacing out. Cause you know, it's that three, like he knows his, he knows his spots. He knows how to get the best shots for himself, like where he's going to have the highest success rate. Um, I think he's a little bit shiftier after I watched him than I was initially expecting. Like I was like, okay, he has, he's that quick jolt of shift. Like it, it's not like a, a smooth, but it's like a quick jerky one where I was like, okay, that, that'll work um has the good touch on his floater i just the finishing he's not a sports car that has like five gears i feel like he has like two or three mm-hmm. and i don't it, it's weird to explain but like i feel like he gets to that second gear really fast so i'm thinking at my head i'm like well if someone picks up that timing like a defender at the nba level you might have problems if you don't have that other gears to get to because they're going to be right on you. So I'm just seeing a guy that's like, he he might be a great space to floor. Um, You surround him with all this talent. Ty Ty might be able to blossom because he's not going to be asked to score 25. He's just going to be able to make good decisions with his playmaking, stuff like that. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm just saying it might not be a Kyrie Irving or, you know, or right all-star caliber guy he just might be a solid pro and a potential starter for years to come yeah are you in that same boat or yeah no i I, i'm i'm with you i I think he you know maybe his best role is as an awesome six man um or or just a an okay fifth starter and you know that that's a really coveted role and really hard role to break into um when, when you mentioned change of pace and kind of changing gears and stuff like that um because I, I agree with you because he's not this, he's not the most athletic guy on the right. floor. And a guy that we've fallen in love with a while ago was Jalen Williams. And he's not, you know, necessarily, I, I know his vert text tested really well, but functionally in the middle of a game, he's not the most explosive guy out there, but he creates all his space and scoring opportunities by completely controlling the pace and dictating the pace and throwing defenders off with that. Do you think Ty Ty eventually could kind of get to a similar, similar level of that? I think so. I, I think, you know, if you're talking about Jalen, what I, I really like about Jalen is uh, he, he can really get in and out of gears quick. Like he can change quick. He, he uses <laughs> multiple counters like hesitation. I think Ty Ty, that's the next level. He's got to, develop like his back he's got to develop an arsenal of counters to get guys to bite because if you're not going to have that top athleticism and explosiveness you need to then become shifty you need to become dangerous as a ball handler i think that if he could develop that and unlock a couple levels there then it's a whole another ball game and he could do that like i still think shooting ball handling you could take massive strides forward when you're jumping into the nba and like working on that 
So um, it could happen for him. I just, I took Kennedy ahead because I think Kennedy's advanced when it comes to, he doesn't have the size and length that Ty Ty does, but he understands how to play with multiple speeds. He has a stronger, like Kennedy will push as fast as possible, stop on a dime, like cross over and then explode again. Like he understands how Mm -hmm. to make defenders get off balance. I think, Ty Ty can do that, but he needs to adv- advance it. He needs to get a little bit more creative with that. Awesome. Um, well, with the fifth pick, who are you going with? I think he's going to stay in the draft, so I'm going to put him in here. I'm going to say Dalen Terry. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. How are we surprised there? I almost took him earlier. Yeah, I, I shouldn't be with you and you're – I mean, you're being paid I mean, off give, by Arizona. I, so. I cannot it's... wait to hear who you pick first. But no, I love Dale and Terry. I think this is what I was hinting at earlier. So Arizona Wildcats, sophomore, six, seven. Um, people were expecting him to test the waters, then go back. Gavoni hinted in a piece the other day when Arizona landed a recruit from uh, overseas Gavoni hinted that they're expecting to lose Terry. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> he's going to stay in. So <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But um, this is what I'm talking about earlier when I was saying if he stays in, this is a guy that has the upside to become one of the better point guards in this class because he has sensational playmaking like yeah. ability. Me and you have talked about this off air, Metcalf, yep. like, I think it was aided a lot too, where Arizona knew his talent and ran specific sets to let that ability be showcased. Like yep. they ran a ton of back doors with him and Matherin, um, all their wings and stuff. Like you could see they trusted him a lot. He was got sensational vision um, and he's a pest defensively. I think Terry has that upside that he could become one of the best point guards in this class. And I know we're talking about Ivy and Daniels, but you know, we'll see when, you know, they get voted for all rookie or all NBA teams. If they're considered point guards by the media, (laughs) which is becoming my favorite tradition. (laughs) You get drafted as something and the media considers you completely different things. Um, But yeah, I love Terry. What about you? I, I like him. I'm not as high on him as you and Albert are. Um, but I, just, I, 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 I gave you that reaction. I don't know why, because he was literally the next point guard, like just going down my board. So, um, I, I love how he plays the tenacity, the, um, just the attitude, the confidence. I love it. Me, me and you have talked a ton about how he sets up cutters on those passes. I, I think it's, it's absurd. Um, I, I was a little concerned that it was all just predetermined, but then you just go back and watch it. And it's like the windows that he's throwing it through. It's like, it doesn't matter if that's just a set play that they're running over and over again, they're running it because he's squeezing it through a window. That's barely the size of a basketball and leading the guy perfectly to the rim every time. Um, I just worry about the shot and you know, it, it feels really inconsistent. It feels like his release t- point or his timing of his release is different on almost every shot. Um, you know, m- maybe that gets correctable, but I also feel like he doesn't shoot like a super soft ball, if that makes sense. Um, 
I don't know. I, uh, defensively, he's super versatile, really good playmaker, good athlete, good passer. I, I think if that shot does come around, and not, when you know when when we say if the shot comes around, we're not talking forty plus percent. It's like, okay, can he be thirty five to thirty seven? Um, that would be huge, and that would really change his outlook. Um, I, I will. I like him. I'm not quite sure. I'm head over heels in love with him, like like, like a couple guys that no ceilings are. I definitely like him. I definitely think if he got, if he declares and he had a good process and you get to that 20 range and you're yeah. in your team with multiple picks makes all the sense in the world. Um, yep. I've compared a couple guys to this guy, but I also, I actually think this guy could be the best comparison. He does give me some Sean Livingston vibes, just like a skinnier because Sean Livingston coming out of, you know, in the draft when he was early, he was crazy good. He was a super athlete um but terry's like six seven he he has the same maybe like warriors version of sean livingston where he has that same like the shot needs to come to work but he has sensational feel for the game sensational playmaking vision really good defender smart he just needs to unlock that outside shot that would make him a, a really dangerous weapon so i agree with you like i love albert we, we listen i hope you're listening albert i love you um but we got drunk on Dalen Terry. Like I still think he's going to go in the twenties and I think it's going to be a good pick. Like whoever takes yeah. him, I'm going to be like, yes, great pick. Like Memphis yep. should be drooling at the opportunity to potentially get yes. Dalen Terry. I, I would love that fit. Yeah. And I, I think kind of, he's one of those guys that you could slide in pretty quickly. Um, especially if they're not looking to pay Tyus Jones, because I think yes. Tyus Jones is going to get paid again. Cause he rocks. Um, but m- moving on, to the sixth overall pick for the best point guards. Just to recap real quick, uh, we have Jaden Ivey, one, Dyson Daniels, two, Kennedy Chandler, three, Ty Ty Washington, four, Dalen Terry, five. Um, at six, I'm going to go a little off my board, um, specific, you know, my board specific rankings here. And just because we're talking exclusively as a point guard, I'm going to go Alondis Williams. Um, wow! Draft Twitter is gonna love Metcalf. <laughs> listening to this episode, no, they're gonna be furious that we didn't have him in the top three. No, um, you're giving him his love. I like this. We're this is gonna get weird now because I'm looking yeah. at some of these names. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, Metcalf and I are gonna go <laughs> crazy after each pick. Okay, I like the Alondas belief. So I he this class sucks in terms of playmaking. <laughs> in terms of playmaking, this class like yeah. like we like the last like three, four years, we've been absurdly spoiled with, with Cade and Luca and Giddy and LaMelo and just, you know, the, a ton of just guys who could be generational type playmakers. I think Alondis is pretty easily the best playmaker in this class with his combination of size, the different angles he, you know, makes passes from, um, shout out my boy, Taryn Armstrong. He would have had this title if he would have stayed in. Yes. Um, but and he, he's really flashy with it. He's got incredible vision, really good confidence. Uh, he's got to rein in the turnover some, but I think he was kind of given a really long leash at Wake to just really move the ball because that, that entire team had some of the best ball movement um, in the country this year. I worry about the shot. Um, if that doesn't come around, uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if you know we don't hear too much of him. But with that playmaking, the amount of rim pressure, 
he generates. Um, it's all really impressive. So he's he's one of these guys. I I hate being like, oh well, the shot is the swing skill, but it kind of is. Yeah, I like Alondis a lot. He's very fun to watch on film. Um, I agree with you. He could be one of the best playmakers in this draft. Um, he can get erratic with it, but I think <laughs> when you have that vision and that flair, if you yeah. want to put it that way, yeah, you can get a little wild. Like it's that's just the you know, Pete Maravich threw some passes off people's faces. We all know that. Um, but I like Alondis a lot. I think. He's going to be another underrated storyline on draft night because if he goes somewhere where they let him be a point guard in the rotation and don't try to make him an off-the-ball guy, because I have questions of what's he going to do if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. But if he could go somewhere where they're like, hey, you run the offense off the bench, they might have something special. They might have a, a nice, nice rotation asset. And I'm not saying he's going to be sixth man of the year, but they might have a really nice piece where it's like he's got good size. He's got some pop athletically. Um, I would like that a lot. But if he goes somewhere and they try to make him a combo guard that plays off the ball, I could be like, I don't know. That yeah. could be dicey. So I like that. That's a good one, Metcalf. Perfect. And I know. Um, with the seventh <laughs> pick. <laughs> um, seventh, I'm going to go. I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with my heart. I've I've been a fan all year. I'm going to stick with my heart. I'm going to go Andrew Nimhart. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And I'm not overreacting to the combine. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. You do not have to turn off the <laughs> podcast episode because I've been a Nimhart guy all year. He is um, at t- Tyler underscore Rucker, so please make sure to send, <laughs> send all complaints. Bring me the heat. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Um, I love Nimhart. I think someone's going to get an absolute yeah. steal. He had a humongous combine week. Um, Six four. He's got good size. Plays the game right way. I think he's just vastly underrated. He has been all year, including myself. Like I, I was watching him um, when I saw him in person in Vegas, and I was just like, "Man, I, I like this kid. This kid just can play." Like I get it. I was like, "Someone's just got to take him in the second round and, and laugh all the way to the bank." So he had a great combine week. Um, it's gonna be fascinating to see who's buying because now he's gonna get he's gonna get a workout. Someone's oh, gonna be yeah. very intrigued. Um, we're talking late first round, you know. Someone's gonna be intrigued. Someone's gonna be buying. So I love you, Numhart. You, so you, you think he's first round potential? I think someone's gonna get like drunk on that idea. I would, I would be betting that he's Ooh. gonna go in the second round for sure. I would be taking him in the second. Um, but I've seen this happen with a big combine week. Um, and it's it's amazing how quick things can follow. I would be shocked if he goes first. I would be shocked. I'd be very shocked. Like yeah. someone had him, a mainstream big board had him going like 25th. I, I was like, what I, are we yeah, talking I, about? It's either Bleacher Report or ESPN had him 35, I think, with their post-combine big board. Um, and and that felt very reactionary to me. Yes, um, it did. He, I agree. He's, he's been in my mid to late second for most of the year. I think he's currently in like the mid forties right now. Um, but I, I just think he's a really good game manager. And when we're talking about a guy who can just do whatever's needed in the rotation, he kind of fits that bill where I, I think he's a decent shooter. He's a, you know, good, good ball mover. Um, his size makes him a little bit more versatile defensively. I don't think he's an awesome defender, 
but he just does a little bit of everything. And I, I think if you're bringing that in as a backup point guard option, I, I think that's really useful and really desired by a lot of teams. God, I, so my, my hot take with him is that I think he's going to be one of these priority um, undrafted guys where he and his agent basically force their way to where they want to go um, yeah. and shut everything down and he doesn't get drafted similar to kind of what happened with Austin Reeves uh, last year. And, you know, on draft nights, could be like, Oh my God, Andrew Nemhard was ranked 35 by this outlet and he didn't get drafted. It's like, yeah, well, they don't want to risk it with an unguaranteed second round contract. And they found a landing spot that had mutual interest and kind of forced their way there. So I, I, it's weird that he has like a draft range that's potentially like 30 spots wide for, yeah. For everyone listening, Metcalf brought up a great point. Um, if you guys don't know this, like every year there's going to be a guy when you're watching on draft night and he's fallen. And you're like, what's going on? And you might be like, wait, is it? The first thing we always say is, did he have a bad medical? Did he have bad feedback? Like, is it health concerns? Sometimes it's, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. Sometimes it is agents steering guys to be like, we don't want to get drafted. We want to pick where he's going. We want to look at a roster and be like, he needs, that's his best chance at success. Now, um, to answer your question earlier, Metcalf, I'm not trying to call out anyone, but Bleach Report had him at 28th. So I think, hey, if people, if if that's what you believe, I, I will I, never. I respect fault. it. I will Go never call to board for. I loved it. I was like, yeah, we're cooking with yeah. gas now, baby. Like, I still think I could see him in the 30s to. 40s, but I could. I think you bring up a great point, and it would not shock me if he wasn't going in the first. I could see the agent going to work. Do I think that'll happen? I don't know because he lit the world on fire with that combine performance. That yeah. was an eye opener. He was awesome. And yeah, he was awesome, and, and he's had big games throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But it, it's definitely we're getting to the territory where we might be talking about these guys moving forward. Same story might be happening with the rest of these point guards. Um, you're up. All right. At with the eighth pick, I gotta go Turquavion Smith. Um Is he a I, point guard? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know, Metcalf. Oh yeah. I might I might need to get a judge in here. Please. Um Is he no. really point? Yeah, you picked Jaden Ivy first overall. <laughs> okay, everyone gets one. <laughs> Everyone gets one. Spider-Man, no. everyone gets one. But I no. mean, is, is Emmanuel so, quickly a point guard? Yeah. Aha. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, the defense rests. Derailed me. <laughs> um, no, and so so he had the ball in his hands all the time. And, yeah. you know, generally that's what point guards do. Yeah. Um, We're ball hogs. Well, that, I'm that, kidding. That, I'm kidding. We like that's that. a whole different conversation. <laughs> I like so I, 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 I don't think Turquavion's going to be contributing at a positive level for the first two years of his career. Um, but God, when that third year comes around and his body's matured and the game slowed down and his decision making has improved, this dude could be nasty. Um, yeah. a, incredible athlete. 
his on-ball space creation and shooting is some of the most fun in this class. Um, absurdly quick release on pull-ups. Um, his step back doesn't generate a ton of space, but with how quick his release is, it doesn't really need to. And then some of his playmaking is incredibly flashy and fun. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about it with Alondis Williams. It's in that similar vein where it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of flash. Sometimes it lacks substance. Um, I, I really like this kid long-term. He's going to be a project. I hope that wherever he goes, they have a very patient plan in place for him because he's going to need it. The decision-making at times was atrocious. Uh, he could just as easily put up 35 as five. Um, and the shot attempts would be the exact same. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process with him. The fact that he's 160 pounds soaking wet doesn't help. But the, the long-term potential with this kid, I think, is really, really exciting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you're spot on with all of it. I could see, I, I like people aren't, aren't going to want to hear like, Oh, you're three, but it's like, yeah, he's going to need to develop his body because yes. he will drive the lane once get fouled hard right now and feel it for two weeks. Like someone's going to put him on the ground and, and it, he's skinny. Like he's going to need some time. Um, but I really like the upside. Um, I've come around on Circavion like quickly. I, mm-hmm. I understand the idea. I've just been pumping the brakes on like, I, I don't know if I draft them too early. Like I, I yeah. cause it's going to be a project. Um, it may pay off in a huge way. The return on investment might be massive, yeah. but, um, you're just going to need to have some job security, some time, some patience. We'll see. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I like that Metcalf. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I, I know. That's why I made it. All right, number nine. Who you got? Number nine. Um, we're getting ugly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm going with my. Um, I'm going with the Frenchman. Oh, really? Hugo. Interesting. Hugo Basson, my guy. I don't cool. care. Just give it the give him the ball. We're going to war. I I understand. I'm shocked out his measurements. I'm shocked um, because I thought he was going to have to be a point guard when he was going to measure six three. And what did he measure? Like six five, uh, something like that. I'm still convinced his agent gave a ten thousand dollar back <laughs> to the measurement guy and was like, let's pump those up. Couple couple number, couple inches, just couple. Um, I like Hugo. I, I really do. I think he's got some some swagger, some good feel for the game. I like how he plays. Um, I can see him being a little bit of a microwave off the bench. Um, not afraid of the moment. Uh, the, the dude has confidence. He will go toe-to-toe with anyone. I, I like that. If I'm getting a floor general, like I need to know that he's never going to be afraid of the moment. And Hugo could be some some sleeper appeal in this draft. So. Looking at the other options, and that's the best one I like right now. <laughs> so, where are you at with Hugo? Did you um, like what you saw in the combine? Are you still in the same boat? You just you get it, but he needs to go in the right place. Yeah, I I I like him. I don't love yeah. him. I have him in my late second. Um, I I liked his second half of the year a lot more than his first half. I really, I was really impressed with his off ball shooting. Um, his his three 
three-pointer off the catch was really impressive. Um, and then just his defensive intensity and screen navigation and motor, I thought was astounding. Uh, what really worries me is his on-ball scoring and how he generates any points for himself. I was pretty underwhelmed with his rim pressure. I didn't really like his shooting results off the dribble. Um, so that kind of stuff worries me. But if he's the eighth guy in a rotation or something, or the second or third point guard in a rotation, and you're just asking him to go play tough defense, move the ball, set up guys, I, I there's a lot there to like. Um, the, the motor and just the intensity in which he played every possession in, though, was incredibly impressive. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. We're getting to this end of this list. Um, I had another international guy that I probably I love, but I I still think Hugo just he's just gonna go to war. And I I really do like when you're getting late in the draft. If you could draft the guy where it's like he has this potential to be an offensive weapon, but I'm gonna get a guy that's bringing it every night. And if you're getting that late in the second round, absolutely, I, I would take that roll of dice. So. I can't, I can't fight this feeling anymore with Hugo. I just, I have to admit that I'm, I'm in. I like the, the Hugo Express. Who, who's the last pick, Metcalf? Hit me with it. So this is tough. I, I, yeah, you got a lot of good options. <laughs> <laughs> um, the brutal ones that I'm like, why are they still on the board? But I didn't want to be the guy that's like having this exact situation you're having right now. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's super yeah, no thoughtful of you. Um, so the, there are a couple kind of combo guards I could maybe, you know, stretch the definition to go with. There are a couple guys that I know we're going to get roasted for not having on here and that's okay. We'll, we'll mention them in the honorable mentions. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that I've just really enjoyed watching all season. Um, I'm going to go with Iverson Molinar. Yes, that was. Wow. You beat me again. I would have I taken him earlier, but you didn't cause you're bad at this. So yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, I know this is going to sound like, an insult, but I, I don't think say he's, it. Well, no, it's meant as a compliment because I, <laughs> I, th- I think he's he he's going to have a really impressive career as a backup point guard. Um, I just think he's so consistent. His decision making is really impressive. He's really good at beating that first defender and then getting in the mid range. And once he gets to that free throw line, he can just dissect a defense at will, whether it's with a floater or a mid range pull up. Uh, finding a cutter or shooter, all of it I thought was super impressive all year. And then his on-ball defensive footwork was just really consistent and just fundamentally sound the entire time. I I really like him as a point of attack defender. I don't think he's super switchable because he's pretty lean and not super big. Um, So, you know, that could be an issue. The biggest issue and just head scratcher with him is the, the plummet in his outside shooting numbers this year. And I, think it's because he added this weird hitch at the top of his shot and even during the combine he had a couple free throws where it showed up too and i'm just like what is that get that please get that out of your form because it wasn't there before and it's the only thing i can think of that's plummeted his three-point percentage by you know almost 10 percent or something from this year and the year before that so yeah iverson molinar number 10 one of my favorite sleepers um 
would not shock me if he sticks in the NBA for a very long time. I absolutely love his game. I just adore the way he plays as a point guard. I, I think he has the tools. It's the outside shot. That's the only thing holding back from Iris and Molinar being a long NBA career player. Um, almost like I think he could be like Dennis Schroeder, like just just stick, like make a bunch of money. Like it, it could be a situation where five years from now we, we look back and we're like, man, Iris and Molinar went that late. Like yeah. he's just like a solid sixth or seventh guy on a good team now. And um, I just really like his game. But I'm like you, it, it, it's that shot that's holding him back from being a really nice piece because um, he plays great i i love how he is as a point guard he knows how to play and set teammates up and control the tempo of the game i really do like him so it was a good one i i mean you're kicking my butt in these drafts so i i keep liking my picks and then when i get later on i'm like dang metcalf just just running laps around me when it comes to drafts yeah well and that that inevitably happens with most things we do but um but I mean, we did. <laughs> I got Jaden Ivy, so I feel pretty dang good about that. Feel pretty good, folks. Okay. Um, well, there there were a handful of names that we did not mention, and I, I think they are worth mentioning. Yes. Um, the first handful that come to mind are Trevor Keels, Jean Montero, Jordan Hall, Matteo Spagnolo, and J.D. Davison. Um, did you have any others that you feel like we left off? I'm convinced that Kills is going to go back, so that's the only reason I didn't bring I didn't bring up my knight in um, shining armor because I absolutely if if I was convinced he was going to play and we were considering him point guard, I would have probably had him very early. Um, Spagnolo is the one that I wanted to almost put instead of Hugo. I love Matteo Spagnolo. If you haven't watched him, that is a dude that some team. If you're if a team is looking for a stash that is a clear stash candidate because he's got two years left on his contract, um, he's on loan from Real Madrid or FC Barcelona. I think it's Real Madrid. Sorry if I got that wrong, but um, he's going to be a stash guy. He's going to be the number one. Like teams are like, we need a clear stash second rounder. They're going to take Spagnolo because I love his game. He just needs some time to keep working on his craft. Montero and Davison not getting love is definitely the eye opener here. Yeah, and th- th- those are the two big ones. Um, Davison, you know, I I think we've talked about him a bunch this year, and I, I just I I really hope wish he would go back to Alabama. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I'm s- still confused and frustrated that he didn't play in the combine scrimmages because I think that would have been an environment where he would have thrived. I agree. And I, I, I'm still seeing my, some people have Montero top 20. I, I just can't get there. I finished my, my overtime elite dive um, the other, the other day. And I was underwhelmed. Let's say. I want to believe I just can't. I've, I've watched, I've watched this film from last year. I've watched it this year and, and, and it's not that I'm rooting against them. It's just, I watch him and I'm not, I see other guys. I'd take him the top 30. Yeah. Um, if I could get Montero in that 35 to 45 range. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd roll that dice and it's nothing against them. Like I'm just saying he's undersized. He's a little thin. 
Um, he's shifty. He's got some playmaking upside, but where else? Like, yeah. I, I know he can shoot it a little bit from outside, but it's inconsistent. The finishing ability, the ability, the lack of ability to get it to finish around the rim or attack the basket. Like, there's some glaring weaknesses with this game. So it's not like I'm rooting against them. It's just there's 30 guys I'd probably take ahead of them. And, you know, if he goes in the first, he goes in the first. But, um, yeah, Davison, I don't know. So June 1st, for everyone listening, I think June 1st is those guys got to be in or out. Oh, so we got six days. Yeah. So I think June 1st is, Thank God. I believe, early entry deadline for – underclassmen i think if i phrase that right they always phrase it really funny and i'm like thanks guys (laughs) um so yeah we'll see um montero was playing good in the first scrimmage of the combine got hurt less than ideal but any other ones you have metcalf or what um do you want to touch on jordan hall at all um, I, d- I don't know if he he's more of a shooting guard, combo guard, point guard. Um, he's just kind of a guard. He's he's a little funky. I love him. I think he's trending in the wrong direction. I don't know why. I absolutely love him. I, I think with Alondez, he's probably one of the better passers um, mm-hmm. in this class. I still think highly of him. I still think someone should go get him because I think he's got the tools I think some playoff team in the second round is going to be like, we will get him to be a fantastic addition because he's got great size. He's got great feel for the game. His shot's been taking steps in the right direction. So I wanted to have him in my top 10. It's just, uh, it's tough. We It's tough when you, like, I'm still going to have him high on my board because I'm just like, I don't care. But it's tough when you get through the whole year of like loving a guy. And then you get to the combine, and he's just getting no love, and you're like, "Come on!" So then now I'm like, eh, "Well, I'm going to keep him. I'm not going to chicken out because I still believe in his game." But um, what, what, what about you? I mean, there's some other, there's some wild cards too. Like, yeah, r- r- run through any names. I like Marcus Sasser a lot. Um, I, I thought about picking him, um, but. You know, I, I'm not sure how much of a point guard exactly he is. This is so. this is the problem is is this class is so all over the place that I think when you're getting to guys like that, you're like, are we considering him a point guard? I think Sasser is just a guard, a combo guard that really, yeah. I think if he was healthy all year, he would have been trending towards yes, sneaking into the first. Yes, like I 100%. love his game and and if he goes in the late 20s i'm not going to be upset about it no if someone does someone might do it and i will will be watching it together and i will not be surprised at all i'll be like yeah yeah i get it because he was my guy in the beginning of the year i saw him and i was like oh man i'm in on this train like yes i'm jumping on right now because i just love how he plays but he got hurt um th- thought he had a great g league ignite and now he's back here um Scotty Pippen Jr., Colin Gillespie, Demarie Bouye, which is still my favorite name ever, so I hope he <laughs> sticks in the league for like 15 years. Um, all guys that I think have talent. I could see someone throwing a flyer. I could also see them being priority two-way guys. Um, the, yeah, and the, the, those feel like guys who are going to have to 
grind out a two-way and you know e- either go through some developmental program with the team or really kind of dominate and show out in their G League environment yeah. to get called up. So I, I think those guys are talented. Um, you know, obviously we, we, we saw what they all did, but they, they, they don't feel like game changers or rotation changers um, straight out of college or, you know, without proving it against higher level competition. I agree. Um, I think Gillespie, someone's going to give it to a, and if he has a couple quick good games, they're going to be like, get him up. Cause he has the tools to be it. But I, yeah, I thought he needed to have a better combine week. I think he struggled a little bit shooting, but, um, that's all I got. Metcalf. I mean, what, what about you? You got anything else? I don't think so. I, I think we kind of thoroughly scoured through this, uh, lackluster point guard class. Unfortunately, uh, we, we, we've been spoiled in recent years. Yes, we have. It's going to get better. The, the the funny thing is we 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 took care of the heavy lifting right away um with this one like we we got the ugly I, I it's just such a weird point guard class it really is like yeah I, that, it, it is I, just wild i i think the shooting guard class is going to be a lot of fun uh that one's going to get heated cuz i i really like the shooting guards in this class yeah, I'm already looking at like 15. I love them. So I can't imagine how we're going to do like 10. I'm like, I'm looking at the top 15. I'm like, yes, I love these candidates. We're not going to get out get, of our top 20. It's going to get <laughs> ugly. So, I mean, um, no, it's been a good one. I, I, I'm, I'm excited, Metcalf. We're, we're, we're getting, folks, we're we are getting to the final stretch. It's going to be buck wild. <laughs> be crazy. Well, Rucker, thank you for grinding through this madness with me please plug away tell the people where they can find you i'm at no ceilings nba.com on twitter you can find me at tyler underscore rucker um you guys ever want to talk draft just send me a dm my dms are always open and we could talk hoops um metcalf thanks for doing this with me enjoy the weekend have some fun because you know after this week we gotta it's time to go to war it's time to go to battle well, once again, I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, my Usman Jang perimeter defensive breakdown is likely up on noceilingsnba.com, where you can find all of our written work for free. While you're there, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button to make sure to ensure that all of our written pieces get delivered directly to your inbox once we publish them. Yeah, you can also follow us on Twitter at no ceilings NBA and subscribe to our YouTube channel at no ceilings TV. We've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming for YouTube and our draft guide announcement coming in the next couple of days or week. Um, So make sure to follow us and keep an eye out for that. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review and five star rating until next time. See ya.